Hello and welcome to another episode of the Millennial Minute, where we get the opinions of a generation. I'm your host, Aha Sharaf, and this week, we discuss homeschooling. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> So today with me, I've got Spencer Carney, who would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, hello, my name is Spencer. Uh, I'm a junior at UNC Chapel Hill. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Just every time I think about that, it gives me, you know, just cringes. Um, <laughs> for being over or for you? <laughs> just because, like, oh, God, in two years, I'm yeah. going to have to be an actual functioning adult. Yeah, that's, that's oh, terrifying God. for anybody. <laughs> But yeah, I was homeschooled from pre-K to uh, graduation of college. Or ch- <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, ouch. <laughs> Not ouch is in a bad way. Ouch is in, like, that's a long time. I just yeah. assumed that it was just, like, well, it wasn't middle school to, college. Like, yeah. It was graduation of high school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so from pre-K to college, mm-hmm. starting so I, I assume when you were born, um, I guess you could count it as that instead of saying pre-K, but yeah. I was homeschooled forever. Forever. Um, but yeah, so the reason that my parents decided to homeschool me is I'm from Rocky Mount, North Carolina, which is fondly referred to by its residents as Murder Mount. Um, it is num- It's ranked like number 92 or something as like the most deaths, like murders per like capita in the u.s what yeah it's there's a lot of people who die here and it's great um <laughs> so yeah oh so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's like weekly like knife fights and gun shootouts in the schools and everything and it's a good time there's a lot of gang activity and so the schools in rocky mount really kind of suck just to begin with so i was born in november which is past the deadline for school acceptance join the club Honestly. Um, Yeah, so I was born past the the acceptance for the public schools in Rocky Mount, and my parents knew this lady who was in school administration. They asked her, you know, like, she's already reading. She's, like, ready to start kindergarten, but, like, we we don't know, like, where we want to have her, and, like, should we, like, keep her in kindergarten for, or keep her in pre-K for another year, or should we you know, do something else. And she said, well, if she's already reading, um, then, like, there's not really any point keeping her in school. And if you send her to school, then what's going to happen is she's going to be the teacher's assistant and will be teaching all the other kids how to read (laughs) and do stuff because she's actually smart and knows, you know, what she's doing. And that's fine if you don't mind that but if you have any other options then do that instead, basically <laughs> okay so, so it was recommended by the school system itself yeah wow. well all right like under the table under the table you know. skirt skirt yeah <laughs> skirt um so my family is fortunate in that my dad owns an advertising agency in rocky mount and my mom was able to basically stop working to be home with me and she said, well, how badly can we screw up kindergarten? And so that year we started, and it just kind of stuck ever since then. So That's awesome. Well, yeah. since 
Okay, so I didn't know this about you. I didn't know you'd started so early. So yeah. knowing that, do you feel like there's any gaps in your knowledge that, like, not cultural or social and stuff? We'll discuss that mm-hmm. stuff later. But like, I feel like if I had education, te- yeah, education wise, I feel if I had to teach a kid, I'd be like, I'll teach you what I think is important and yeah. what like the most thing, the first thing that comes to my mind. But I guess you have a curriculum and stuff. So yeah, so the, we do still have to follow official like government mandated like curriculums Mm -hmm. more or less like I have to take English and you know a foreign language at high school and you know um classic literature whatever uh British literature I have to take that um but we did have a lot more freedom in deciding which you know specific curriculums beyond that we wanted to do so if we tried one one year and I hated it then the next year we could do something else and it was it was pretty nice um that said um (laughs) I more or less never took a legitimate English course okay. taught by my mom because by the time I entered first grade, I was reading at a college grade level mm-hmm. and we just never really saw any need okay. to teach. Improve. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I guess I, I'm a journalism major now mm-hmm. and like I do still understand a lot of the proofreading and grammatical like, when I read something, I can just automatically tell what's right and what's not, but I could never right. tell you why it's wrong. I'll set your mind at so. ease a little bit right now. Um, grammars talk poorly anywhere I've seen. Oh, like, I'm literally sure. yeah. anywhere you go. But I mean, like, that I happens had one with, grammar like... class in seventh grade. That <laughs> oh, was it. Oh, God. But, like, it, it's that way for a lot of things, right. not just for English. So. so, like, even with math and, you know, science and all of those other things, like, there's all of this fundamental knowledge that I know that I know but could never tell you, like, why or how I actually know it. Okay, so, so wait, yeah. so, like, you don't feel like you were taught it, or you, like, or do you think you, like, self-taught yourself somewhere along the road, or do you think well, there's like, still some things that you don't know? I, there's obviously a lot that I don't know. That still. you, you like, think yeah. that most people who go through the normal schooling process do know, I guess. It's kind of tricky to answer that, because... Some of the kids that come out of these schools are really nice. They're mm-hmm. very smart. They're going to do well in life because they're intelligent. They had parents who really pushed them and to do better. You're talking and about homeschooling, right? No, or are kids you in, the in kids the public in schools. Public yeah. Schools. Okay. And if they want to do well, then they will. But a lot of the kids, I think, that go through the school systems in Rocky Mount don't really care. And I don't think they'll ever drive themselves to do a whole lot with their lives. Okay. Um, I mean you've got to understand like that's it's public education as a whole is kind of like that like out of my class of 800 there were definitely some people who just didn't care about high school going into college because that's not what they wanted to do with their life but with like I feel like there's like with the common core and like all of that Mm -hmm. stuff there's still like a foundational knowledge that all of these kids who go through public school know like they just that's what they've been taught and that's what they memorized and like, from what I know of the public school system, it seems like that's basically all they're taught from first grade to graduation, um, that it's just kind of the same repeating of this foundational knowledge that maybe uh, at least in Rocky Mount. Maybe but. in that region, at least from my personal experience, what I've seen is that you build the foundations for your state standardized tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you always get in a bunch more knowledge and learn different things, especially high school. At least at my high school, it was a great place to spread out and learn what you want to learn. Like, I'm not really artistically gifted. So I didn't take any art classes. I didn't really take any music classes in high school. Mm -hmm. Like, you really don't... uh, You're allowed to branch out. Like, I took a bunch of bio classes. Some people took a bunch of engineering classes and stuff. 
Yeah. It, it depends on where you're at. Not everybody yeah. has those opportunities, but I don't. I might not. I'm definitely not the most qualified person. To right. Talk exactly. About the public school system. But. Yeah. but well, let's talk yeah. about why you're here then. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, homeschooling. So why do you think homeschooling is important or do you think it shaped you in some way to be who you are? I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because um, you were, yeah, go ahead. That's my entire life, <laughs> uh, basically. I think homeschooling is important because it opens opportunities for kids that they wouldn't have had a chance to, you know, come across in public school. Like, for you know examples, like my dad would take me to Rotary with him once a week, um, and I grew up just knowing all these old people in Rotary. And you want to explain what that is? Yeah. Rotary is this organization of members of the community, usually like kind of business owners or moderately affluential people, that do a lot of like community service work, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the exchange um, programs are organized through Rotary. Yeah, so for these opportunities, like, you know, I grew up knowing them. So when I wanted to go abroad, um, when I was about 16, um, I applied there and they, you know, helped set it up so that I was able to stay with a family in France for a month. And they, that same family sent a kid and she stayed with us for a month. So yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. So there's stuff like that. And, you know, I took piano lessons and I was a swimmer for about 10 to 12 years Mm -hmm. and you know I did all these things my mom and I would go to Raleigh for the day just because I'd finished all my schoolwork or I could go hang out at the library all day (laughs) um I guess I guess the question would be I think obviously like you're a bit lucky to have the experience to have your parents have at least the time to go out with you and do Mm -hmm. these things but maybe some people aren't as financially lucky or as um lucky to have parents who can always be there for this purpose how do you think that would differ do you have any experience with other homeschoolers and how their lives differed from yours yes so in rocky mount there is a homeschool association called charm Mm -hmm. and there were maybe like 80 families in this when i was growing up um and they you know obviously their circumstances ranged quite a bit and were very diverse um some of them did fit the stereotypical homeschooler, you know, denim skirts and lived on a farm. Very Christian. Wow. Um, I, I, I had no image in my head of a stereotypical <laughs> really? homeschooled person. So that's, oh, that's interesting. Like, I guess that's my oh first my impression. Well, I mean, the first question that I get a lot of the times when mm-hmm. people say, oh, you were homeschooled. Did you have any friends? How did you like meet people and socialize and interact with I'm them? I'm pretty sure I asked something to that extent. Like, I'm pretty sure probably you did. not as directly <laughs> as do you have friends, but to the extent of oh what, what were you doing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I've had that asked to my face like right. so many times. Like you have friends? Like, yeah. oh my god, no! Like, of course not. Are you crazy? <laughs> Homeschooled people aren't allowed to have friends. <laughs> Social interaction? Ugh, yeah, just the worst. But like, you know, we we could all meet up and like you know, discuss, like, different curriculums that we tried, and we had, you know... As a, you do, like, around as the... You do. <laughs> um, but, like, we had a email loop where we could say, oh, you know, we tried this curriculum, and we liked it, and now we're selling it because we don't need it anymore for quite a reduced rate, and there's uh, used homeschool bookstores, and there are still ways to adapt to your circumstances. Like, it's, it's very flexible, okay. and... Um, Sorry, w- would you would you mind explaining what do you mean by adapt to circumstances? Just uh, what so circumstances if, are you talking about? Like, you can't really afford to do the really fancy okay. curriculums, and no. there's still so many options. Good. Okay. For books and you know, 
there there's for a lot of oh, oh ah, sorry um, a lot of homeschoolers like to do this program that meets once a week called classical conversations okay um, it's kind of a classroom setting but it's like four or five classes in the span of a day and then you do the homework throughout the week and then you meet back up on like Tuesdays or whatever to say hey you know I did this this week and they grade it and so it's still done at home but it's more of a slightly traditional activity that's awesome okay so I don't think a lot of people really understand what homeschooling is as at -hmm. at its essence like there a lot of people have like misconceptions that you are very sheltered like the things Mm -hmm. that you mentioned or that your curriculum might not be as advanced or might not be as comprehensive as things that you get. And now you're mentioning these syllabus books and stuff. So is that something that you got to choose when you were a kid? Uh, The older you got, did you get to choose what you focused on, what you did? Or was that like a decision your parents made? So, I mean, obviously I was a kid. I knew nothing. Right, at that (laughs) point, My parents made all the decisions. Right, yeah. Um, Growing up, we still have to do standardized testing at the end of the year. Um, so that kind of assesses, you know, where you're at and what you need to work more on. Mm-hmm. So that meant that my parents could kind of, you know, say, oh, yeah, we need to do more math or a harder math program or, you know, she's doing great in reading. We can kind of not focus on that quite as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that helps okay. quite a bit. Awesome. Um, just kind of standardized assessments. And um, I guess did you and your friends in the region have like different opinions on like what you thought was like the best uh like were you guys happy about certain courseware and like disappointed in others like oh, you had absolutely. to do yeah so. like for in sixth grade mm-hmm. i did this math curriculum mm-hmm. that was just so freaking dull <laughs> oh my gosh that like that was one of the things that i hated most that school year and then the next year we came across this um software like this like you bought like the discs uh-huh. and installed them on your computer for math and it was so much fun. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. There was like these little like buddies that you could do that would like motivate you. And I'm, I'm imagining Reader fun. Robert right now and I freaking love Reader Robert as a kid. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, mine were little toast and oh. they'd like pop out and like sing and it was great. And I loved That's it. Fantastic. <laughs> My friends hated it, but I thought it was great. <laughs> God, that's all that matters that oh, you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So what did homeschooling look like specifically at your house? At my house... Um, or your curriculum, I guess, like <laughs> yeah. your region. So for the first few years, my mom was very like heavily involved. Mm-hmm. She would write up a lesson plan for me each day and say, you need to spend, you know, an hour in math, like really studying this and try to work on these concepts and cover these pages and make sure you do this. Um, and so I would just go through and check things off and she would grade it and make sure I was like studying it properly and everything. Once I got older, then it was still pretty similar to that, but a lot less heavily involved. Like, she would write out, oh, you need to do, you know, a chapter in math. Mm -hmm. And so I could just do that on my own, and the computer would grade it, and then I could move on. And, like, if I wanted to do more, then, like, it was fine. So So. growing up, my little brother and I, we did a program called Kumon, if you've ever heard of it. It's, uh, It's, like, of a South Asian, like, descent program I don't know how you phrase that but it's um it's a math program and an English program we went for math when we were kids and Mm -hmm. so there was there were a number of times where my brother would like just not really do the work and you just kind of get away with it by just like scribbling answers down and like maybe getting some of them wrong and stuff like how what's the 
check and balance system to make sure that you actually know what you're doing. Obviously, with the computer program, that's yeah. a great tool. But did you always use computer programs? No. So, like I said, my mom graded a lot of my stuff. Right. The way that she motivated me mm-hmm. was through poker chips. Okay. We had a whole system where, you know, the blue ones equaled 10 points uh-huh. and the green ones were 100. And so I would collect them. I could only get them if I got, like, a perfect score on an assignment. And once I got enough and I could trade them in for, like, a movie or, you know, a trip to Raleigh or That's so whatever. cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. All <laughs> it right. worked out well for me. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Wow. Okay. And then you probably had, like, a list of things that, like, you had already predefined, like, this many yeah, chips. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I think a movie was, like... A thousand chips and so like I really had to work for them. Wait and how many <laughs> chips did you get like if you got like uh say like a math like your got, math homework 100% right? If I got the homework right then I got like 10 points. Wow all right so, so, I really so you had, had to work, work for that movie. Yeah. Like I think the tests were equal to like 200 if I got a really good score on a math like a 93. Yeah but that's math. still a lot of tests yeah. yeah wow okay. I mean like Movie's like 20 bucks. Like, my mom didn't really want to be paying for a whole lot of movies. That's fair. That's very true. (laughs) Smart mom. Um, Plus, like, once you add in, like, you know, you're taking four or five courses at a time. That's right. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's a great point. How many courses were you taking in a semester? Did you work by semesters, block schedule? How did your school day work? So it was basically a full year. Okay. Like, we just did the same kind of course for a full year. And all through pre-K through high school. Like, nothing ever changed there. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, for kindergarten, there really isn't a whole lot you can do. <laughs> right, yeah, fair. So, like, things really started kicking off, like, in first grade. Okay. And so, I don't really remember a whole lot of the really early years, obviously. I don't remember what happened um, last week. <laughs> <laughs> what did I have for lunch yesterday? Yeah. Um, but at the start of the year, we'd pick, you know, okay, for science, we want to do marine biology this year. And then uh, math, we want to do geometry. Uh, English, you know, we want to do British literature, whatever. Um, And then we might do like one or two more things, which, you know, for fitness, I was a swimmer. And then I also did piano Mm -hmm. and violin at one point. And, you know, there, there was still a lot of other stuff going on that we counted for like credits class credits yeah. okay and so i assume that you had a certain number did you have to finish a certain number per year or a certain number over the course of a the lifetime of your homeschooling we had it, it's pretty similar to public school okay. in that we have to have a certain number of days um, okay where we actually do and how is that confirmed? provable work um, oh yeah how, how do you have provable work so, you know, my mom keeps records of my tests and what I made of them, mm-hmm. and she keeps the tests for a certain period of time. And Until that you're way. sure nobody's coming by to check up on <laughs> Basically. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, uh, knock, knock, knock. Lots of you. paperwork for your parents. So yeah. how do your parents feel about all this? Because this is a lot of work on them as well. Did they, did they think that it was worth it in the long run? I mean, I'm at UNC now, so I yeah. have to think they did. Yeah. Uh, my grad, my my grad, my dad graduated through UNC as well a long, long time ago, and um, my mom just always, you know, she when she had me, she didn't really want to, you know, just send me off to daycare and never see me, mm-hmm. and so she, I think, it we made us really close. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. And my dad did spend a lot more time working than he probably would have otherwise so I didn't really see him quite as much but we still spent time in the evenings as a family and would watch tv together. Have you met a lot of students who were homeschooled that are not from the Rocky Mountain area after coming to UNC? 
at UNC. Yeah. Um, I've actually met quite a few. Yeah. Um, obviously, all of our experiences look different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have some very good friends who were homeschooled, and some of them enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Some of them really did not. Um, most of them were not taught from start to finish like I was. Right, yeah. They only did it for a couple years or for the last couple years of high school or middle school or whatever. It's honestly crazy to me how the proportion (laughs) of people, like we live in the same dorm, but like the proportion of people that, there was like four homeschoolers in our group of like 20 friends or something. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But how how has your experience differed from any of theirs? Like do you think because you had such a long homeschooling period that it was substantially different from somebody who only had high school homeschooling? I think so, because I never had any public school experience or private school or Mm -hmm. just traditional schooling experience. And they still had, you know, even if it was only for a year or a few years or most of their time in school, like it it just provided different, you know, learning curves of social interactions and just general life experiences. Do you think that you might be lacking some social interaction abilities or uh, I don't know. I don't want to say out of us. Let me me phrase that a little bit better. Um, Do you think that, (laughs) do you think you're socially inept? Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right. Do you you think there have been any difficulties adjusting to like the social climate of a big public school college uh, that you might not have had if you, so coming to college, I know there was a lot of just culturally known things that I was lacking. No, do you care um, to list any of them? <laughs> no. Okay, fair um, enough. <laughs> no, but like a lot of like cultural references and like popular songs from when we were growing up huh. and like, you know, commonly watched TV shows. It's all right. I probably wouldn't so, have known any of it anyways. No, like, but, um, the, the, like the things that I was interested in were just a lot different from, you know, the things that most kids our age were interested in coming in and I had different morals than I do now um (laughs) just because growing up I was in a very Christian conservative household and was was fairly sheltered growing up Mm -hmm. and just people we spent time with um so it was not really difficult acclimating to coming to a big school but it was more just realizing hey there's so much more than everything that I thought I knew. And it was great. I really enjoyed it. I love being in school. So was it more scary or more exciting? Exciting. Exciting? Oh, okay. yeah. That's definitely. great. That's so. awesome. And I got really lucky because I have fantastic friends who are happy to educate me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so has your outlook on the world changed from coming from, like, uh, I'd say a sheltered or however you describe it, like a more sheltered childhood to coming to this big public school with a lot of different oh, varying opinions? Like, absolutely. Um, Coming in, I think I was very naive and just very gullible and, you know, not... Like, I knew things happened. I didn't know how much they happened and, like, to what effect that would... Or what extent that would affect people and how it would affect me just hearing about it happen to my friend. Would would you mind just elaborating it a little because that's very vague? Vague. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like... You know, like you don't have to give the, names or anything. Yeah, just no, no, uh, no, an I'm example would be, um, yeah. Like you know, sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that was a thing that happened to women. Like you know, you got to be careful walking down the street at night right. because you know this could happen. But you I didn't yeah. think it was really that prevalent in yeah. society. And you don't think it would happen on a college campus oh, no. that's like filled with students? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like especially for like UNC, like the students here are very smart and like come from good families, but there there's a lot that happens like 
when it gets dark yeah, <laughs> that you don't yeah. want to know about. Like, I so. distinctly remember, like, some of you guys being like, I, I had a conversation with you because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't normally see it as that big of an issue. But we were talking one day about just going over one day and just walking to go buy some, like, I don't remember. It was like, go to Target and buy yeah. some food. And we had to walk in. You guys were like, no, we're not walking by ourselves. And I'm like... Uh, yeah, like I still not? don't feel comfortable walking down Franklin Street. And, and now so. I kind of understand. Like you guys have to explain it to me a little bit, and then yeah. it like took me a second to click, and I'm like, oh my god, no duh, you guys don't want to walk alone. Like that's yeah. that's freaking scary. It's yeah. things like that. That's just you know realizing and thinking. Oh yeah, you know it's still good to have a positive outlook on the world because there's a lot of good people right. and good things that happen. But it's it's important to have a realistic approach to things. And I think that's something that I've learned a lot in coming to school. And I assume, like, do your parents, would your parents be worried about you? Like, thinking, do you know what your parents would think about the fact that you were a little bit more sheltered and you didn't really know these things as well? Do you think they'd think about changing? Would they have changed anything if they were going to do it again? I don't think so. Okay. Knowing my parents. I think... I think they know a lot more than they would have told me, but, like, they they raised me to be a certain way. Okay. And, obviously, they had a lot more influence on me because they were around so Mm -hmm. much more. And, you know, I think a lot of that's a good thing. Like, I think I take after my mom and that I, like, love people and want to be a good friend for them, but... I think there was a certain extent where it might have been a little too much, and I don't think they would have wanted to... Do you, do you think you that like like most college students? Do you think that you've acted out since coming to UNC just for the sake? <laughs> All right, guess we're skipping that question. Um, no, no, no. Um, like I party with my friends, mm-hmm. and once like right now, I am financially dependent on them because right. that's we that's we're smart. able yeah. to do that, yeah. and so I think if I acted out a little too much, then they would quickly put me back in line right. and I don't want to risk, you know, not having that financial yeah. support. So once I get out or, of school, then I think or mess up little... your relationship with your parents, <laughs> <laughs> both of those things, yeah. <laughs> not just financial. Yeah. I'm trying to paint you so. in a good light here. <laughs> now, first year I was a mess. Uh, yeah. I will admit like I made some questionable decisions and probably needed to learn them the hard way, but you know, now it's a lot more relaxed and I think it was just getting that first taste of freedom and not being yeah. at home and I just kind of went a little overboard on that and then now it's like, okay, yeah, we're good. You know, this is, you know, I'll go out and still drink with my friends, but it won't be like, you know, oh my God, every night. Not that I did that, but. <laughs> no, not, no, you would never do that because that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. Never. <laughs> Zero evidence. Don't tell anybody, guys. Um. Yeah, well, now it's just, you know, developing my own morals and figuring out who I am outside of who I was right, as yeah. a high school kid. So, it's so, important to still keep those because they were good. Like, a lot of them were good, but it's right. just expanding them a little you, you bit. Wanna, yeah, you want to test the boundaries. Yeah. 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 And in that vein, how, how do you think this has shaped your choice for major, your future career, stuff like that, <laughs> coming to a big, uh, changing your worldview like this? Yeah. Has it changed from when you were a kid? So... Growing up, I wanted to be a veterinarian because I was a very stereotypical white little girl. (laughs) Like, obviously, um, I was going to be a vet. Um, My parents have always wanted me to be a writer. Yeah, so I've always kind of rebelled against that a little bit. Um, My dad, my oldest sister, graduated through the J school uh, with ad and PR and communications. 
and now they're both in advertising and I just didn't want to follow that path. So when I got here, I started out in comparative literature, mm -hmm. <laughs> realized that I would have to take four semesters of a foreign language and that just was not going to happen because I'm not a foreign language person at all. Dropped out of that once I realized that was going to be a thing and I was just not going to do that. <laughs> um, looked at English, but all the classes just looked so dull. Briefly considered like history or any like arts or anything else yeah. that would be still in the humanities uh, because I just did not want to go through the J school. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. Because I'm stubborn. Uh-huh. Um, and then... And then what happened, Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> I took writing and reporting, which is the fundamental uh, journalism class that you have to take before you can take anything else. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with reporting. And so now I am, <laughs> yeah, hard, hard, high key in journalism major. That's like awesome. I'm about to take, you know, 18 credit hours just all journalism classes because I love it so much. Was there anything unique about your homeschooling compared to anybody else's? So I did two years at the community college, uh, which was really neat because I came to UNC with about 38 credit hours already finished. It was a re really neat opportunity going, you know, having that little transitional phase from just straight homeschooling to kind of going to a traditional classroom and interacting with teachers and, you know, having to do group projects. Oh, so. that would have been a big transition. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you recommend that for most students or do you think that maybe it's it's all right to just avoid yeah. that? If, so. if their parents aren't comfortable with letting them yeah. go to a college already uh, earlier than they have to, yeah. uh, would you think that it's necessary or do you think they could get by without it? I think you can get by without it. I mean, obviously, a lot of kids don't do that. Right, right yeah. <laughs> um. You think it enhanced your experience, yeah. I think it did enhance my experience because um, I was able to take some difficult gen eds and take them in a less difficult, less stressful environment when I still had a lot of options open to help, like including my parents. And I could, you know, go to the tutor that was on campus pretty often because I didn't have, you know, all this other homework to worry about. <laughs> um, that being said, I am struggling with it now because my parents want me to graduate early. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so now it's figuring out, okay, you know, I don't really need to stay, but it... You don't want to lose this yeah. experience. I don't want to lose the experience. Yeah. I'm never going to do this again. I'm not planning to go to grad school. Like, I want to stay and have the full four years and graduate with my friends and walk to get my diploma and, you know, take all these amazing classes and network with all these cool people mm -hmm. and... I don't want to miss out on any of that. So I don't know. It depends on kind of what you're going to school for, I think. So awesome. like, obviously I'm coming to school to learn, <laughs> but it's not just learning about the classroom things. It's learning, you know, how to, how to be a person, a functional, yeah. be a functional human yeah, being, which we so. all need to learn. Yeah. And obviously first year was kind of a mess. So like I was like, if I had to graduate early from that, then I would never survive on my own but I think now that I've had like all these experiences and have learned some things the hard way and the easy way then you know if I had to do it now then I think I would be okay. So. Now you mentioned first year a lot was there anything in particular was it just the transition period can you pinpoint any bits that you might be able to give advice for future uh, yeah. homeschoolers? Uh, go to your classes. <laughs> Oh, I remember what? that. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, Forgot so about that for a bit. first year was really neat, just like 
launching out at this little bit of freedom and thinking that I had a lot more than I actually did. And I went overboard just on myself and stressed myself out a lot and didn't sleep and didn't eat and just kind of went haywire, like basically just stopped functioning properly, which was really not healthy and probably should have been resolved a lot sooner. Um, but I had a really great support system that I'm very grateful for. And, you know, I made it through it, but, you know, I missed out on a lot of really great things that could have happened first year. And so go to your classes. If you need help, like, it's so cliche, but like, there's help available. <laughs> like, actually not, go for talk it. Talk to the people in your hall. Like, yeah. People, oh my God. People yeah. coming, everybody coming to college in your first year is a little bit tense or scared. Like, oh, they yeah. all want a support system. So. Yeah. And, you know, use your friends, but don't take advantage of them. So, you need to be able to define, like, what's the boundary line for too much. And when you hit that point, then you need to like stop and just take a step back. But also don't be afraid to lean on your friends if you need to. Your room is like really hot. I'm sweating. That's because the AC's (laughs) off and everything is closed and we're stuck in a room with like the... Oh my God. These are the sacrifices you make for a podcast. (laughs) I guess the final question would be, would you recommend other students get homeschooled as well? Or um, what message would you give to parents about homeschooling? So... To parents, I'd say, I think you should homeschool your kids because you have the opportunity to see them and spend time with them and do things that, you know, working just a nine-to-five job and having them be in daycare all day or, you know, after-school programs, then, like, you're not going to see them as much. And you can take cool family vacations when everybody else is still in school. And, like, it's a good family bonding opportunity if you have the ability to do that, obviously. Um, If you do... Don't be an overbearing parent. Um, Don't put tracking devices on your kids' devices. (laughs) Um, I had friends when we went to public school who had tracking devices. That's the worst. I have a um, a track on my phone, Mm -hmm. and it it just drives me nuts. My dad will text me at 1 o'clock in the morning and be like, are you at the library right now? And I'm like... (laughs) Yes, I'm at the library right now. I left my phone there as a decoy. (laughs) (laughs) I've thought about it so many times. But, like, you know... Let them still develop themselves because they're kids. They need to make their own decisions and they can't have you around to make those decisions forever. So let them be individuals. Um, You know. Otherwise they'll act out like Spencer. Skirt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or worse. (laughs) But like, you know, if if they want to explore something more, then let them do it. And, you know, if they don't want to explore something as much, like I didn't like math very much. Then, like, it's still important for them to learn that stuff, but let them decide what it is they want to enjoy and study. Um, to the kids, like, in general, I think it's a great time to be homeschooled because there are so many cool things going on for homeschooling families, and there's a lot of communities starting up, and you know, you can make friends, mm-hmm. you can do this, it's gonna be good. Um, but, you know, just figure out who you're gonna be and It'll, it'll all be good. So, you know, home, for me, homeschooling is a vote for yes. If you can do it, then I think you should. So, Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Spencer. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed what you've heard, be sure to follow us at Pod Millennials on Facebook, Twitter, and Gmail. If you have any comments, if you want to share your own homeschooling experiences, 
be sure to let us know and I'll forward the messages to Spencer and maybe we can have a little conversation about it. Q&A. Q&A, yeah. Oh, uh, before we go, credit to Boris and George for the theme music. Hope you guys come up with a band name so I can start to pub you soon. And I want to tell you guys about a podcast that my friend Sherry started called That's Enough Sherry. Her audio is leap years ahead of ours. And her theme song is actually incredible. It's honestly just a funny podcast about her thoughts on media and the things she deals with in her day-to-day life. I think a lot of you will really love it. This isn't an ad, just a couple of friends helping each other get their podcasts off the ground. So listen to it and let me know what you think. And if any of you are from Sherry's podcast, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Now go out and make the world a better place, millennials. And I'll see you next time on the Millennial Minute.